Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Questions. I'm here with Pastor Joel today, and before we get started, we just want to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We would love to engage with you for future questions to answer on this show. We hope it served you well, and we are grateful uh, for your listens. So today we have a question from Taylor about discipleship, and she writes in, What is true discipleship? I recognize that we are not merely called to make converts, but disciples. However, we see in the Great Commission that it calls us to make disciples, and it seems to focus exclusively on evangelism. So what does it mean to actually make disciples? What do you have to say, Pastor Joel? Hmm. Okay, I think I understand the question. I think what Taylor's getting at is simply the reality that we know from Scripture, New Testament Scripture predominantly, that we as Christians, we're ambassadors of Christ. We are called to do the work of an evangelist, and yet uh, it's more than just producing proselytes, more than just producing converts, but we're called to this lifelong process, mm-hmm. this lifelong ministry of making disciples. And so then she's going to a seemingly disciple making text, namely the Great Commission, Mm -hmm. she's looking at that and then saying, all right, well, here it is, making the disciples, but then she's reading the context in the Great Commission and saying, but it all seems to center on conversion, Mm -hmm. evangelism. Mm -hmm. So what what is discipleship? Is discipleship just baptizing people? That just seems exclusively connected to conversion. Mm -hmm. So is discipleship, as the church, the Protestant church has said many times over this lifelong, ongoing, perpetual ministry, or is it really just, is discipleship in a sense, is it just like another word for evangelism? Or is there something Mm -hmm. distinct from evangelism and discipleship? I think that's the question. I think she's getting at that um, from the Great Commission, because she's seen, all right, here's the word, disciple, make disciples. But then as Jesus fleshes it out in the Great Commission, like what it looks like, what what is involved in this disciple-making, she's saying that just sounds like bringing people for the first time to Christ, evangelism. So let's just go ahead and look at the Great Commission because I think there's one key piece um, that you might be missing, Taylor, and I, I don't think it's necessarily any um, due to any fault of your own. I think it's a, a fairly common slip that uh, the Protestant church, evangelical churches tend to make uh, when they think of the Great Commission, they think of going and making disciples and baptizing them. There's one portion of the Great Commission that's, um, well, it's paramount. It's essential. And yet it just often kind of gets a back seat. It's it's often uh, skipped over. So let's go ahead and just read the text. This is the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 beginning in verse 18, says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's kind of the preamble. Uh, Anytime the Son of God says, All authority on heaven and heaven and on earth has been given to me, then the next words out of his mouth are probably fairly important. Mm -hmm. Not to be fair, if the Son of God is opening his mouth at all, you'd probably do well to listen, but especially if he prefaces it by saying, 
as a reminder, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All right, so here we go. Verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, this is verse 20 now, to observe all that I have commanded you. And he finishes by saying, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, if we were to take this great commission and break it up into as many commandments, because I think there's more than one. It's one commission, but it's comprised of a few, a handful of commandments. So if we were to take this great commission from the words of Christ and and draw out of it as many commandments as we could find, I think there would be exactly four. Four. So verse 19, go. I think that's the first commandment. The first commandment that along with the other three comprises the great commission is the commandment to go. The Christian faith and the Christian call is to be an ambassador for Christ and it is to go and make disciples. Now, that doesn't mean that every individual person has to be a missionary on foreign soil. Mm -hmm. Um, But what it does mean is that the gospel is meant to be something that goes. The gospel is not something that predominantly, first and foremost, stays. It's something that goes. It's not something to be privately meditated upon, although it is, but first and foremost, it is something to be publicly preached, to be proclaimed, to be Uh, shouted from the very rooftops. The gospel, the message of Jesus, the good news of his life and death and resurrection is something that is meant to go, not just stay, not just to be preserved, but to spread like wildfire across the face of the earth. So the first commandment is to go. Again, not each and every individual Christian being a missionary engaging in international missions, a foreign missionary on foreign soil, but rather that each one of us, as we are sharing the gospel, we know that that's going to lend towards its spread. We are going, we are pushing out, because even if you're not a missionary in the formal sense of the term, in the sense that you're maybe supported financially by a local church, perhaps you went to seminary, and perhaps you're being sent to a specific location, just the process of the church being the church and making disciples, which we're going to see here in a moment, is is going to lend towards just people in their ordinary lives, whether it's finding a job or whether it's um, moving towards family or whatever, or, or a child being discipled in the home and then going out to school or whatever it might be. Uh, the, just the way that human society, just natural life, it, it, it lends itself towards spreading out. That, that's the reality. There's a spread. And so if we're making disciples well, then, then naturally it will include going. So the first commandment is go. Next, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So the second commandment is to make disciples. And that's what Taylor, I think, is getting at. Right? Let's make disciples. But then how? Because the very next phrase, so first command, go. Second command, make disciples of all nations, which kind of includes that going piece. Because we're making disciples not just here, but of all nations, the whole world. But then the third command is baptizing. And I think that's where, Taylor, you might be getting 
a little hung up and thinking like, all right, so we're making disciples. And the very next phrase, I think you're using that to kind of define or flesh out what exactly it looks like to make disciples. And so you're saying, well, to make disciples is to baptize. And then you're looking at baptism and correlating that with conversion and evangelism. And and I think that's where our question comes from. So number one, go. Number two, make disciples. Number three, baptize. Baptizing them in the name of the triune God, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But here's the fourth command. And there is a fourth command. And I think it's what's often looked over. It's verse 20 says, teaching them, the them in this case being the very people that you went to and you're going and that you made disciples of and that you baptized and now you are lastly teaching. And you're teaching them precisely to observe, that is to obey, to follow, to adhere to all that I, I in this context being Jesus, all that Christ has commanded you. And I think we leave that out so often in the Great Commission. We think of the Great Commission, we think of missionary agencies where we give our dollars and our time and our energy mm-hmm. to certain individuals that we've deemed qualified to go to the, you know, the four corners of the earth to preach Christ, which is wonderful, to preach the gospel, which is wonderful, and to to baptize, to make converts. And then they come back maybe once a year and they give us a report on, you know, this many people have come to Christ, this many baptisms, mm-hmm. this many converts. And those things matter. But it's not actually the whole, right? It can't be anything less than that. That's not wrong. It's just incomplete. It's not the whole Great Commission if it doesn't include the whole Great Commission. And the Great Commission, as we see it, Matthew 28, starting with verse 19 and going all the way through verse 20, the Great Commission has, again, four commands to go to make disciples to baptize and to teach and that is what i i just think we're missing you are not fulfilling the great commission until you have finished teaching the very same people that you're discipling that you went to and you're going so you went to them you're discipling them you're, and then what does discipleship look like? It looks like baptizing them. So it looks like conversion. It includes evangelism. But then it also looks like teaching them to obey all of Christ's commands. And that doesn't just mean all the commands that we find in the four Gospels and the red letters of our Bible. When we see all of Christ's commands, we mean the whole Bible. Because every command we find in the Scripture is a command from Christ. He is the eternal second member of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. They're all his commands. And so we haven't actually done the Great Commission. We have not fulfilled the Great Commission unless it includes the lifelong process of teaching the very same people that we've led to Christ. We now need to lead them deeper into Christ in teaching, in doctrine, in the law of Christ, in obedience. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we're doing is we're, we're proclaiming the gospel and we're teaching faith and repentance of sin and baptism for the remission of sins. But, but then we're, we're immediately following from that into a perpetual ongoing life long process of teaching them all of Christ's commands. We're teaching them about the Lord's Supper. 
Uh, we're teaching them about families and marriage and children. We're teaching them about what it looks like to be a citizen of a sovereign state and how to participate in a God-glorifying way. We're teaching them about finances and stewardship and vocation and work and entertainment. And we're teaching them about sexual purity. We're teaching them about humility. We're teaching them all these different things, all of Christ's commands. And so I would say that discipleship in some ways, you could say that it's four commandments, but you could really say in some ways it's three. And I think a lot of people do say three, but they leave off verse 20. They leave off teaching them to observe, to obey all that Christ has commanded. And so they just say the three commands are to go, to disciple, and to baptize. Whereas what I would say is it's three commandments. It's to make disciples as you go. And what does it look like to make disciples as you go? That's the, the big header. So it's really one big commandment, and that is to make disciples as you're going. And then the two commandments underneath that are, I think, it's the conversion piece and the ongoing piece. So every Christian is called to the Great Commission. The Great Commission is, number one, first and foremost, one big commandment, make disciples as you go. And then what does it look like to make disciples as you go? It looks like baptizing and teaching, baptizing, and teaching. So that, that's, that's what I would say, Taylor. I would say that uh, we're all called as ambassadors of Christ. If you are a Christian, we are all called to be making disciples as we go, wherever we go, whether that's formally going across the world as a missionary, or whether that's going to college at the age of 18, whether that's going into a marriage with your new husband, whether that's going into motherhood by having your first kid, whether that's going from one city to another because of a job, whatever that is, as we go, wherever we go, when we go, the one thing we never stop doing is making disciples. So as we go, because life includes going, very rarely does someone just born and raised and die in the very same town. Mm -hmm. uh, and so life just includes going. And if not geographically, it includes going as far as different seasons, right? So you may be going from, from Chicago to New York, or you might also just be in the same city, the same location, but you're going from singleness to marriage, from marriage to parenting, from, you know, from parenting to empty nesters. So either way, just the nature of human society, the nature of just human life and the way God has designed us is to go. We go. We're not sedentary um, creatures. We're, we're, we're not immutable. Only God is the only one who actually always stays, in a sense. The, the one who always is unchanging. We, we change. We're constantly undergoing change. We're going. And so as we go, that's really just the assumed. As we go, let's make disciples. That's command number one. That's the big one. And then what does that look like? Two sub-commands, if you will, underneath it. It looks like baptizing people. And it looks like teaching people. So I would say that discipleship is really just the overarching banner that includes evangelism. So I don't really like looking at discipleship and evangelism as two separate entities. I'm called to be an evangelist and you're called to make disciples. No, no. The Great Commission is for every believer. So if you're a Christian, you're called to the Great Commission and the Great Commission is to make disciples. So we're all called to make disciples and making disciples includes both baptizing Right, that first piece of leading them to Christ and then leading them further into Christ. That is teaching them to obey all of Christ's commands. And so I would say true discipleship, it looks like, it looks like evangelism. It looks like conversion. It looks like baptism. 
Um, but it also looks like a lifelong process wherever you go, wherever you are, of not only baptizing new converts into the triune God, but then this perpetual ongoing process of teaching these converts, teaching these new disciples all of Christ's commands. It looks like opening the Bible with someone else and just going verse by verse mm-hmm. and and saying, hey, the whole book, mm-hmm. the whole book is for you. The whole book is for me. Um, let's not just cherry pick a few things that, you know, seem to make sense with our current climate and culture. And No, like the whole book is for us. And so ordinarily, the context, I would say, I know this is not a part of your question, but just to add one more piece, uh, the context, the quintessential context that the Lord has assigned to us for this process, this lifelong process of going and making disciples is the local church. That is the place where an individual, if it's a faithful church, is going to be perpetually, ongoingly taught all of Christ's commands Mm -hmm. by virtue, if nothing else, by expositional and expository preaching. Mm -hmm. So find a church, because I don't think you have to do all this in isolation. So I would say, Taylor, make sure first and foremost that you're in a church, a disciple-making church. And when I say disciple-making church, I mean an expositional preaching church. So you might have all these different ministries in your church, and they boast of how many disciple-making ministries they have. But the first question I would ask is, uh, does your pastor preach through books of the Bible? Okay. If so, then he's teaching people all, comprehensive all of Christ's commands. So that's great. So then your job is just as you go in life, as you go to work, as you go home, as you go to your neighbor's house, as you go here and go there, as you go out to eat, as you go to the park, as you go, be seeking to tell people about Jesus. And those who are receptive, bring them to your church to be baptized and then help keep them in your church so that as the word is expositionally taught on the Lord's day, they will be learning to observe and obey all of Christ's commands. And you seek to obey and lead them both in word and in deed and be discipled together. So that would be my answer. Great. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel, those helpful clarifications and exp- uh, expounding on uh, that idea of the Great Commission and uh, allowing us to see all of what God had for us there uh, through his word. So we thank you for that. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Questions. Subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Uh, Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and we will see you next time on Questions. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com slash offer. And thank you for your generous support.